Welcome to the Cannabivarum Podcast, the Cannabis Truth Podcast. I speak the language of cannabis freely and uncensored while educating my audience on the safe use of this live plant therapy. You should know what's in your cannabis, what's good and what's not. It does not come with an FDA stamp of approval, yet. Using cannabis mindfully as medication is a different concept in Western healthcare philosophy, specifically of the past 100 years. There's a lot to learn and reconsider. The information you'll find here comes straight from the scientists and clinicians doing the work and reporting their findings in real time through various online outlets. The scientific truth of cannabis is finally getting out and is wide open for all to see at respected medical sites like PubMed.gov and JAMA, the Journal of American Medical Association. And I'm right there in the thick of it with all those titans of medicine as a fly on the wall. Because I'm not a doctor. I didn't go to med school. I took dozens of private cannabis courses offered by cannabis scientists online over the past few years and slowly began to understand the bigger picture. But I'm not a medical doctor or scientist. Oh, I can talk to one about cannabis and hopefully inspire more doctors and patients alike to research the facts as we know them today and decide alternative health paths for themselves. This is Honey Smith Walls, a 21st century cannabis shaman, not a doctor, not a scientist, just here to explain this great big story and the language of cannabis in its historical, political, and scientific terms, so you can make educated decisions about the medicine you choose to ingest. Hello, my friends. I'm presenting another series of conversations with our good friend, the fabulous Dr. Leah. But I must warn you, although we plan to talk about the relationship between professionals and patients in our society and how to create a better system, I had just been through an emotionally charged event I felt obliged to speak about concerning rape. You'll hear me sort of choke on having to relive the story, but nobody could have been more surprised than I about it. I thought all that mess was behind me. What I'd completely forgotten was who I was talking to. I just lambed into girlfriend mode with Dr. Leah, but listened to her credentials I just snagged off her LinkedIn. Dr. Leah Johnson known to the cannabis community as Dr. Leia, is a formally trained clinical cannabis pharmacist and the owner and CEO of Alchemist Cannabis Consulting. She holds a doctorate degree in pharmacy from the Massachusetts College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences. She is also an accomplished, highly driven clinical, long-term care and rehabilitation pharmacist with a primary focus in pain, mental health, depression, anxiety, insomnia, and sexual health medication management. She also holds three patents for natural herbal remedy tinctures, which she helped develop as the head of research and development for an herbal supplement company. Dr. Leah believes that complete physical health and mental health and well-being 
can be influenced by the utilization of cannabis, as well as other herbal remedies and supplements in conjunction with pharmaceutical medicines. She believes that most patients are given too many and inappropriate prescription medications while not being given the knowledge for utilizing effective herbal and supplements to reduce pill burden. She also believes that many patients are unable to get full relief of their ailments due to the missing components in their medication regimens. In an effort to improve the overall health and well-being of patients, Dr. Leia works with patients and with their health care providers from all over the country to reduce the amount of medications taken, altering timing and dosing of medications to improve effectiveness and identify medications which could be causing issues. She also works with cannabis companies to advise them on dosing, safety interactions, and how to better help their customers see health improvements with the use of their products. So I just read all that off of Dr. Leia's LinkedIn account, and I want to add this. At 68, I have a lot of elderly friends by 20 years on both sides of my age who are already on a handful of pills and their minds are in a foggy mess and I cannot believe their spouses still let them get behind the wheel of a car but there they are what Dr. Leia is offering to all of us is an opportunity to clear the fog and feel better first call will blow your mind and it's free and her telehealth fee is an affordable and reasonable investment into your quality of life. Take this opportunity seriously. It's a phone call all about you with an expert medical professional who is actively trying to change the relationship between patients and doctors. Look for her information in the show notes, and she's also highlighted on my website in the resources page. Then text her today. Just think of feeling great again for a change. And now, Dr. Leah Johnson. Do I have Leah? Hello, my dear. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you today? I am doing great. I don't have my normal headset, so if anything comes off sounding funny, just give me a heads up. Okay, but you sound really great to me. Am I a little too loud? Um, no, you are fine. You, you sound absolutely fine. Okay, great. Leah, I'm so grateful I have this time to talk to you. I, first of all, I appreciate uh, the topic that we're about to discuss because it's, you know, uh, the world just needs to be aware of how things actually work. And peeking behind the curtain with you, you know, just proves so valuable for everybody. But secondarily, oh my goodness, I just saw, I just need another woman because I just saw that, that Matt, new Matt Damon movie. Yeah. And um, it was, um, I, I just feel like I need to warn everybody 
that that it's got a, an incredibly graphic rape scene and that the attitudes of the men for the rest of the movie are as horrific as you can imagine they would be about a guy who thinks that that's okay. Oh, yeah. Or, or doesn't see it as a rape. You know, it's, it's, it's just, you know, she totally wanted me to. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, it's the same thing with, I believe, the movie Showgirls back from the late 90s, I think, had the same thing. And these are definitely movies where if there's anything having to do with rape, people don't understand that, like, post-traumatic stress disorder absolutely can happen from getting raped. And to have movies without these types of, um, with these types of themes that are not being, you know, without the you know, precursor of, hey, just giving anybody a heads up that there is this in the movie, I think is so important because, you know, in the military movies, they always, you know, say that there's going to be graphic violence, but Mm. specifically rape is such an important thing because, you know, a soldier can have post-traumatic stress from being in the service and seeing some of the vivid uh, depictions could be really emotionally disturbing for them. But that's the same for rape, uh, rape victims as well. It's to see the same thing. It just re-triggers those feelings and so it definitely all those types of movies should absolutely have a warning to viewers not just oh it's r-rated because of graphic content but specifically state due to a rape scene and then that would be enough not to let out what the movie's about and to spoil anything but it is important that way people are prepared so people who cannot handle these types of things will know to avoid them you know if need be right This whole movie is on the premise of a true story that happened in medieval times. And so, you know, and then the attitudes have just prevailed, (laughs) you know, always. You know, we're still trying, women are still trying to soften the violence of men. And it's just damned hard. It's just damned hard. And I feel like uh, you're you're right. They they need to put a, a warning up that this could possibly trigger not not just women. You know, yep. women aren't the only ones who are raped. Exactly. I mean, it, tr- it can trigger anybody, really. But then mm-hmm. a- and so that is one huge thing definitely about it. The other thing, too, is that, you know, these are things that actually are seen like even in long term care facilities. We are seeing this type of we've seen this, like, as you had mentioned, you know, like this male oh, old fashioned wow. male behavior where a lot of the older residents, um, men who have been in family situations where it was appropriate to grope at women and mm-hmm. tell, you know, and physically control women. Like that was actually, you know, these, I have patients that I've run into where, you know, there are survey people, um, the people who do the analysis of the facilities who have to go in sometimes because there are older elderly male patients groping the female nurses and, you know, we as pharmacists who go into these facilities have to have to prevent these facilities from utilizing medications um, to prevent um, these patients from doing this, because Mm. a lot of facilities try to use what we what we as pharmacists call chemical restraints, Mm -hmm. which are medications that so like, for example, in long term care facilities, which are also uh, skilled nursing facilities or um, elderly homes, Um, Back in the day, people would give um, antipsychotics to patients just to sedate them, just to pretty much make them quiet so that they weren't screaming and yelling and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And obviously, that's horrible. And as pharmacists, we make sure that chemical restraints are not being used at facilities. But that's currently what's also being used against the um, for these males. 
And it's like, this is a psychological disorder that needs to be discussed with a therapist. This is not Mm -hmm. something that you can use. So some of these, some of these men, and I'm not saying that what they're doing is appropriate. What I'm saying is what they were taught was, is, is, is inappropriate. I mean, what they are doing is inappropriate based off of what they were taught. So to give them estrogen to lower their, um, to lower their sexual drive, that's a chemical restraint. You are actually altering their chemical nature, you know, to get them to not do this. Now, there are many other ways to go about it, but this is one of the things we do in far- as a pharmacist is to make sure that medications that are given to patients are necessary and appropriate because often medications are used to hinder a person. And um, if, there, if something's going wrong, there are ways to handle it appropriately without using medication as a, um, as a, as a restraint for patients. Wow. Well, <clears throat> what we really wanted to talk about today, <laughs> and I'm sorry to be such a, a kind of a Debbie Downer. I'm, I'm, oh, that's, that was the reason I wanted, I wanted, I'm so glad to talk to you because I, I need you today, dear. I need you. I need you to help me get through this, this mental emotional mess and goo that I I'm feeling after that movie. And, th- and this is, you know, 24 hours later, I saw it yeah. yesterday at 11 o'clock and, and, th- uh, and I'm still just, I'm still looping these negative feelings in my head. And, you know, I've been trying to medicate with cannabis thoughtfully and mindfully and not overdo it, Absolutely. but, um, but, uh, you know, I had to work. And so, They also showed some really great studies. Um, They're newer studies, but it's the utilization of MDMA, which is the active ingredient in what people call ecstasy or molly or whatever the street name is that you want to use. But they've shown that. So what MDMA does is it it's similar, sort of similar to the way an antidepressant works. An antidepressant uh, prevents most of them prevent the the brain from pulling up the serotonin back inside and recycling it. Um, what this allows is more serotonin to build in the periphery. And by having more um, serotonin build, the, it helps with a p- happiness. So, um, and energy. So, right. so with, with PTSD, um, using MDMA, what MDMA does is instead of preventing reuptake of the serotonin, what it prevents is it, or what it does is it allows for the surge of serotonin to be released from the wells of serotonin you have that, um, in your brain. So it actually releases a bunch of serotonin. That's why everybody who's on high doses of MDMA feel happy and every, every that's why they call it ecstasy. Exactly. I stayed away from all of that when I was a kid. I didn't. Yeah. I I have never done it, nor do I plan to. However, on very, very, very small doses, what we call microdosing. So mm-hmm. you don't ment- you don't physically affect the patient. You just help open the brain a little bit and help it um, heal. And Could I call my doctor and ask for that? Sadly, not at this point. There are a lot of It's studies. still illegal in the U.S. Oh, yeah. But I mean, so, so research uh, facilities are allowed to utilize it for these types of studies. So um, there are a lot um, of studies wh- which have been done for psychi- uh, psychiatrists with their um, PTSD patients. But on what very, about very- mushrooms? Are, I know that mushrooms are sort of on a fast track for helping, you know, for becoming legalized even more so than cannabis. But uh, yeah. isn't 
aren't mushrooms good for um, depression as well? Am I mistaken in that? No, mushrooms are good for depression and anxiety. Um, They're also like a little less seen for pain, but they can also be slightly helpful for pain. Mm. Um, We're we're still learning a lot about um, psilocybin and how Mm -hmm. it works in the body. Mm -hmm. And there's still a lot to learn. Um, Direct effects of psilocybin and PTSD is still very much in the early stages of of, uh, research. But cannabis, as you mentioned before, specifically THC, um, one of its side effects um, is, and I don't want to say forgetfulness, because this was a big thing that we discussed, you know, during, um, you know, during the, you know, during the different uh, certification courses we were in. And we all kind of, you know, it was a bunch of um, healthcare professionals, and we were really discussing the concept of, you know, it's not always a bad thing to forget. Sometimes (gasps) to not have something in your memory at all times is beneficial to you as a person. So cannabis really helps people with PTSD because what it does is it allows them to help them forget that traumatic situation. They're going to, it's always going to be there. They're always Mm going to remember it. But if they were thinking about it as often all the time, it causes anxiety, stress, so many other physical ailments that it's better to forget it in the immediate frame, you know, make sure you take it out of the, um, the short-term memory, you know, it's always going to be in the long-term memory, but having it in the short-term memory does not benefit the uh, patient. It's the same thing with pain. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I've had lots of injuries because I just have. And if I were to remember, like, for example, my biggest, my most, Mentally, I would say I probably, not even PTSD, it's not as extreme, but definitely something that has affected me is I had a triple fracture and dislocation. So they call it a trimalleolar fracture because it was three bones that were broken. Good night. And um, a dislocation of my left ankle. And for the first few months, every single time I would step off a curb because that's how I broke it. I would cringe and my whole body would tense up and I would start hyperventilating because oh, just dear. the idea of stepping off a curb triggered yep. that for me. And I remembered the the event and it paused me for a good couple, like good minute to kind of reassess myself. So the, the nice thing about the low dose of THC and for some people it needs to be more of a moderate depending on how they handle it the lower to moderate doses of THC help your brain just kind of slightly put that situation in the, in the back of your brain, not in the forefront. So, because it is going to ha- it has happened. You do want to remember that it's happened, you know, for just for mental well being, And, you know, you know, it's, it's important to know that something's happened in your life. You don't want to forget it altogether, but you do want to make sure it's not something that is actively affecting your I don't body. ever remember anybody teaching me anything about how the mind works in school. Oh, and, no, you know, there are so that. many different levels and plateaus that we think on and, you know, just different clouds and bubbles and stuff that, you know, it, it's we're not just thinking one thought at a time. Oh, yeah. And so uh, the ability to be able to to assuage some of those negative looping thoughts is such a valuable asset of cannabis. And it's not a forever thing. And you're not forgetting it. You're just 
setting it aside so that it's not affecting you emotionally like it has been me. My blood pressure is still high today. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm sad. I'm, I'm, I'm looking, actively looking for ways to not cry right now. Yep. And that's where low dose THC is really helpful. So that way you, because the problem is a lot of people will say, I'm stressed. I'm emotional. This was very hurtful. This brought up memories and images that I have suppressed for so long and have been able to heal from. And now it's like all those wounds have just been ripped back open. This really takes me aback right now. I'm sorry to be so tearful, but it really, it really surprises me that I'm I've been affected this way. You know, I've seen lots of other movies, lots of other, but none quite so like this one. And, and it was just, it it just pushed every button in my body, I guess. Oh yeah. And I mean, in in the one other thing that people forget is whether or not, especially in a situation for this movie, which is rape, but you know, for those who have not had these symptoms, who have not had these experiences to trigger these these outcomes, um, even if you haven't been raped, if you're a very emotional person, especially if you, you know, are an empath, you really, you know, feel the emotions of other people to witness something like that is as traumatic as it actually happened to you for some people, not saying for everybody, of course, but for some people, it is just as traumatic as, you know, experiencing it yourself. So it is really important that people protect themselves. And, you know, it's again, it's always important to know things, but it's also really good to know what you can do to heal yourself if you've been triggered. And, you know, and so some people will go into these situations saying, I've never experienced this. I shouldn't have any issue with it, but Uh still will get triggered. And that's why it's so important to know what you can turn to. You know, I mean, there are anti-anxiety pills, of course. There are antidepressant pills, of course. But, you know, to utilize a low dose cannabis, uh, specifically THC, you know, CBD for the overall effect of calming, but really THC because THC affects the brain and directly calms the brain. So really what we really want to do is low doses of THC just enough to say, it's not that I don't remember what I saw yesterday. This is going to help me handle what I saw yesterday. Right. So, right. you know, for cannabis naive people, you could eat even CBD is helpful for that, but, um, or 0.5 THC at the lowest. Um, but for people who are experienced uh, THC users, I mean, even a dose at about two milligrams, three milligrams is amazing. And also the CBD, I always like to encourage that everybody really should make sure that their THC has a higher version of uh, CBD usually. Um, a higher ratio. One- a higher ratio. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people will do a one-to-one, which is great for pain and it's other things because sometimes you do need more THC. Uh-huh. Um, and sometimes you need THC just in general, like for insomnia, but for, for when it really comes to emotional, you want both because your body responds, your heart rate increases. That's where the CBD comes in. The CBD will calm the heart rate. Your CBD will help you calm your muscles, will help you physically relax while the THC is helping you mentally relax. I've got a question about CBD and liver enzymes. Okay, go for it. Isn't it going to take just pounds and pounds of CBD to affect your liver enzymes? No, actually, no. You can affect your liver enzymes, even not even from CBD, also from just THC. 
um, because both are broken down in the liver. However, there's been some new information on some websites that have come in about cannabis interactions, which are completely absurd and are going based on just the fact that the that cannabis is broken down by the liver, which is true. Um, both CBD, THC, and all the other cannabinoids are all broken down in the liver from what we currently know based off of research and studies. And so obviously if your liver is not functioning properly, or if you're having high doses of CBD or THC, it can absolutely affect the liver. But again, usually we see liver dysfunction um, or liver, uh, at least the uh, liver enzymes being um, elevated usually when we see higher doses specifically of CBD. So this is when people start using hundreds of milligrams um, per, per, per day. Yeah. That's usually where we, like, I, I mean, I've, um, like, I've seen some things where people are using 500 milligrams of CBD per dose, a thousand milligrams of CBD. I don't know how they afford and, it. And this is just insane. Like, this is just, yeah. you know, unless you're somebody who's specifically being treated by a you know, a cannabis scientist, pra- researcher, clinician, yeah, a cannabis practitioner, grower. <laughs> exactly. Who knows? You know. Okay. The reason we have this much CBD is because he, uh, he or she is a patient who has, um, you know, who has um, yeah, some issue that they're Parkinson's trying to fix with it. And right. Exactly. And they're shaking, and we need up the dose to, you know, help with that. Right. That's one thing. But a lot of people are saying, "Oh, I've heard." So this much CBD is good. Obviously, this much CBD is better. Oh yeah, Doctor Google. Oh, yeah. And then the the biggest thing I always explain to people is two different things. Everybody's cannabinoid dysfunction is different. So what works for me and what works for you is not going to work the same for your listeners or not going to work the same for my patients. It's going to work what works for each individual person, which is why it's so important to start low, go slow. And really, I always encourage to work with a cannabis practitioner because this is the person that when something weird happens and your endocannabinoid system dysfunction responds in a way that you're, you know, doesn't really make sense to literature. This is where you have somebody there say, huh, let me figure out what caused this so that we can get the effect that we're looking for in a different way. Nodding my head affirmatively. (laughs) So this must see an expert so in cannabis if you're going to get the you know the success with this medication for you know the least amount of money point you in the right direction get you started monitor everything that you're doing with cannabis and and help you uh you know hold your hand through the process i guess i'm at this point i'm just I don't know, flabbergasted that so many people are just left alone to their own devices to try to figure it out. Hey, friends, we're going to stop here so you can go live your life for a minute, but want you to know that we'll be back to continue this series with our good friend, Dr. Leah Johnson, who takes us behind the curtain of not only our medical industry culture, but the pharmacology of cannabis and how it works for us. And friends... Dr. Leia is only a text message away to help you quell your tummy issues, understand your personal chemical mixology, and help you figure out a solution to your medical pharmacology issues. If you're not satisfied with your quality of life on that handful of prescription pills, then just text Dr. Leia and she'll follow up with a free 15-minute chat all about you. 
She'll look at your mess of pills and work with your physician to make you more comfortable while educating you about the needs of your body. Invest in your health by texting area code 408-418-8802. Don't bother writing it down. I'll put it in the show notes, but I'm going to tell you anyway. And you can also email her at Dr. Leah. that's D-R-L-E-A-H, one word, the at sign, alchemistcannabisconsulting.com. Don't bother writing it down. You know where it is in my show notes. Also, going to be on my website. So thank you for hanging out with us. And a personal note to our dear friend, Dr. Leah, thank you for helping me through this particular moment. Gosh, I appreciate you so much. Paxville Biscom, everybody. You've been listening to another Cannabivarum podcast with 21st century cannabis shaman, Honey Smith Walls. That's me. About the importance of using verifiably safe products. The process of becoming diagnosed for problems and taking your records to a cannabis specialist can lead you to the correct cannabinoid therapy for those issues. Otherwise, you're just your own guinea pig looking for answers without any foundational knowledge or ability to determine the best choices or strategies. To find help in a cannabis expert in your area, visit CannabisClinicians.org. That's CannabisClinicians.org. And unless otherwise proven by a reputable third-party lab test, please be advised that all street weed is contaminated. It may do grave harm to a patient with a delicate immune system who already has inflammatory issues like arthritis, IBS, fibromyalgia, or worse. It would mean the world to me for you to join my dear audience. If you subscribe to the podcast, you won't miss the latest news about cannabis, straight from the source. And if you subscribe to my newsletter, you'll be part of a project to understand the effects of cannabis on the public. Your anecdotal cannabis testimonies are priceless to me. So it's not just you learning, it's me learning what you need to learn. Then I can make that happen for you and show you the way without being repetitive for those advanced patients. Ah, there's so much to learn, and it's fascinating. Come on along on this cannabis journey with us and be part of a real-time study. I'll report back to the scientists about you, informally of course, and they'll report their new discoveries to us. I love this synergy in the heart of the moment. You'll find medical citations posted on my podcast blog when you visit to subscribe at cannabaverum.com. That's C-A-N-N-A-B-A-V-E-R-U-M dot com. <laughs>